What's up, everybody? Got a BTM podcast here for you. Traditional in the sense that we're going to be doing a review today of the new Halloween. The weekend finally came upon us. We've had a few days to sort of marinate on it. Zach's seen it. I've seen it. I think everybody's seen it. I mean, that fucking thing did, like, what, $78 million or something opening weekend? Yep. It was crazy. Uh, I think the second highest uh, rate, second highest opening for an R-rated movie. And... A whole bunch of other accolades and whatnot. So very, very good for the genre. Very, very good for the genre. I don't know if it's good for the Halloween franchise because that means they're just going to pimp out about 20 sequels now based off of this one. And they're probably just going to get worse, right? They're going to get bored, poor basic guy. You're such a fucking cunt. You're so fucking negative. Fuck you. Quit being a negative fucking Nelly. Always fucking shitting on everybody's parade with your fucking bullshit. Fuck you. I could see you're not taking the advice we had in the comments to dial your Mark Four down to Mark Three. All right. No, because uh, we haven't released the fucking uh, Nightmare on Elm Street episode, and we I, I gave it to the the audience on that one, and uh, they haven't heard it yet. But we all know what they're gonna choose. So I'm back to what I was. I'm back to Mark Four, baby. But they're gonna hear it because that episode that you're referring to is gonna drop Wednesday, which is tomorrow as this recording. Are you dense? Yeah. Are you mental? So they haven't heard it uh, real time. I'm talking in real time. I don't speak in future language. You fucking cut. You know that about me. You know this. You uh, beta bitch. Anyway, let's chill the fuck out for a second just tonight so we can talk about this fucking movie legit, please, because you're just going to be a troll. If you're going to be a troll, you're going to be Corey G, and I'm not going to take anything you say seriously as far as a review because you're going to give the Exodus zero stars, right? Like uh, Corey exactly. G. Exactly. Exactly. No, Let's really talk about the movie. I think this is one of those ones where people who are going to listen are really going to want to know our opinions, not a fucking troll opinion. So let's do that, um, if you want. That's what I plan on doing, you uh, horse cock. All right, so let's do that. This movie, I I don't really know where to start. I don't want to start with my overall impressions. Let's start with the plot, baby. This movie, you got fucking uh, Lori Strode, and she's a grandma now, baby. She's uh, she's got a fucking uh, grandchild, and basically, what did you think of Lori in this movie, baby? I I actually thought she was a highlight. I mean, she, I didn't like James Lee Curtis in H2O or Resurrection. She was actually really good in this movie. She was not a weak point. I thought she was very thin. They didn't have her enough in the movie. And I never really felt like it was Laurie Strode to begin with. It's like, uh, this is completely different than Laurie Strode. But it makes sense because they're only going by the original. And so it's like, uh, you know, how much of that is just because uh, the writing and how much of that is, I don't know, it's it's hard to tell, baby. So if you're going off the first movie alone, then we're going off her in 1978. This is her 40 years after supposedly, 
you know, dealing with the post-traumatic of all that shit that happened. I, I bought it. I was good with her for personally. Uh, it was cool. I didn't, I didn't know if they were going to sort of go an ashy slashy route and everybody's going to like talk about her. Oh, it's the crazy old bat lady. She's that fucking chick. Nobody really, you know, she showed her face in town just fine, you know? Because I, I got the impression of the trailers where she was like on lockdown and had this perimeter and this fucking shit in her house that she was going to be that crazy bird lady, that cat lady. But no, she seemed totally fine. Um, I liked it though. I mean, I liked her in it. I thought I thought she was a highlight. Uh, there's some negative parts to it, but uh, she's not one of them. So, what'd you think of uh, the the first people die? Uh, fucking the first kills by Michael after all these years are some podcasters. That's uh, that's mean. N- Wait, was the first kill the kid or was it the podcasters? Um. Oh yeah, I don't know. No, the dad. Okay, never mind. Fuck me. I don't remember. Calm down. Calm down a second, Zach. Take a deep breath. So the first kill was when the bus overturned, and tet. Well, we don't know if it technically it was probably the dad, but the first on-screen kill was the kid, which was pretty cool, right? I don't even think he killed the kid. I think he just choked him till he fell asleep. What makes you think that? Because he didn't look dead to me. No, that's just because they're not going to do anything grotesque to a kid on screen, on camera. Well, then then it didn't happen. If it's not grotesque, it didn't happen. It, he killed the kid. Get fucking real. Um, anyway, he didn't like, kill the kid. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're just uh, trolling me now. Speaking of... No, he killed the kid, but speaking of that whole scene with the dad and the kid... It, it had a little bit of what would show to be throughout the movie that I think was a downfall of this movie. The original Halloween didn't have humor. It didn't have comic relief. And I, and I think that works in some types of horror movies. Halloween didn't need it. It was all about, you know, a certain vibe. And this movie didn't need it, man. I mean, it, you had a little bit with that kid and his dad. It wasn't too much, but a little bit. But then you have like a pointless throwaway scene with those two cops, you know, later on talking about, oh, the baguette sandwich, the peanut butter and jelly. Like, what the fuck is that? That wasn't throwaway. It was establishing that they're not paying attention. It was pretty fucking dumb. It was stupid. Oh, you're such a negative Nelly. Shitting on our parade again. And uh, were those, were those, uh, were they really podcasters, those two people, or do they just say that? I mean, I, were they journal? What were they? Were they really podcasters? Ah, uh, I assume. I think she said journalist just to make her make them seem because he says uh, she says that to basically make them seem like they're more important. I think credible. Oh, because we're not very credible here. I, we're not. It's just podcasting after all. No, we're not. We don't give a fuck. Everybody's doing podcasts now, though. Even Conan O'Brien, he's going to start a podcast. People that are on TV want to join the podcast train. You know, it's kind of weird. But uh, no, anyway. So, and but uh, the other part is well there's a, quite a few parts that have humor uh you have toby huss of king of the hill fame and he was also already the strongest man in the world from pete and pete he played laurie's son-in-law the dad i didn't even fucking recognize that motherfucker that's toby huss yeah that was the strongest man in the world i would suck his dick but you know what his dialogue it was just it was just humorous and i don't understand why and it wasn't like it was super funny i wasn't laughing it was just out of whack for me. More negative Nelliness. Well, I mean, I'm being very serious. I, I, I didn't kill the movie, but I don't think it was needed. Uh, and then, but the, but the biggest one of all uh, was what a lot of people are thinking is a highlight with that little kid. You know, the little the little uh, kid that was being babysat, the little black kid. That kid was dank. I would hang with that kid. All right. So, are you going to drop the troll stick? And you going to really give me your honest opinions? I am giving you my honest opinions. No, you're not. Yes, I am. 
No, you're not. I really didn't know that was fucking Artie, and I thought the kid was dank. I'd hang with the kid. Uh, the kid was good, right? I get it. He was re- he was the only part of any comic relief in the movie that was actually funny. I was laughing, but it didn't make sense in the context of the movie at all. It felt like I was watching role models or something like one of those like Paul Rudd movies or something. And, but most importantly, the fact that that little fucker makes a joke when he's running outside the door, like as he witnesses babysitter getting killed, that was too much. Like who the fuck does what joke was that? Oh, he said he was going to go get help and he runs downstairs and he passes the uh, boyfriend who he didn't like. And he says some kind of quip about like, she's getting killed up there. He said some quip. I think he just said, don't go up there. She's getting killed. Well, that was the joke. He said he was going to get help. But but he meant like real help, like a cop. No, he didn't. No, dude, it was uh, it, it was meant, the timing of it was meant as a zinger and it was a punchline. Well, and, he's got shitty timing. Fuck that kid. I don't want to hang out with him anymore. Everybody in the theater laughed at that part. It was intentional. And I don't know if that's just the uh, uh, history of Dana McBride and, and the director, you know, the movies they've done in the past. That was them kind of putting their comedy into the script. But it, 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 it just took me out of it. I didn't like it at all. Uh, and I'm kind of going through the negative stuff here first, I guess. Um, but uh, another thing, too, they were trying to do a bunch of things that I respect and that I think ultimately would have been good ideas, but none of them really paid off, right? So I think what they were trying to do by the end of the movie was the whole role reversal. I get it. The hunter becomes the hunted. The roles were reversed a little bit. I like the little line Jamie said about, uh, you know, I know you always thought this was uh, my, uh, wait, I always, that this is my cage or something like that, you know, and she doesn't finish it to, to imply that, no, it was a cage for Michael or whatever. I thought all that's cool. But it just never quite gets off the grounds. Almost as if uh, that was uh, part of the original script, which then was rewritten by somebody that didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, I heard the original script was different. Uh, what was the original script again? Something about uh, Jamie. I think in the original script, Jamie Lee Curtis, is, uh, Laurie Strode, she was the one that orchestrated his breakout, right? To kill him. That would have been better, probably. That would have been even more intense, but... I mean, as far as, like, her character, because even the way she was in this movie, it was a little hard to believe. Like, for one, why would you stay in Haddonfield for 40 years? I guess because she's hell-bent on killing him. Not no, not so much because she's afraid, but because she's got a mission. Okay, fair enough. But that technology, man, does that technology even exist for someone like her? The fact that she has this crazy Batman, Batcave fucking set up in her house? Uh, Like a panic room, yeah. I don't know. But anyway, my biggest problem is something that I think that they were trying to do intentionally. But like I said, it didn't quite pay off. I think Nick, I think the shape himself, I think Michael Myers was great as far as the way he looked, the way he carried himself. He was fantastic. My issue is that he was in the movie too much. You think Laurie wasn't in the movie enough? I think that's, I think Michael Myers was in it too much. And they reversed it. No way. Yes, dude, they reversed it. They reversed it totally. The movie's about Michael. I want to see Michael, baby. They reversed it. They reversed the I think they, they were trying to reverse the roles a little bit. 
you know, Jamie got the screen time. Michael would have gotten the first one and Michael got the screen time. Jamie would have got, uh, and we followed Michael too much. So like in the first movie, I get it. We're just doing a continuation of the original one. We want to establish once again that he's just a mental patient. He's not superhuman. He's a regular guy, even though I call bullshit on that because they said they wanted to go back to humanizing him. But that motherfucker was taking bullets yet again, getting stabbed yet again, doing all this shit yet again. And he was not going down. So there's still some weird shit there. Of course, they're not going to have him die in the first 20 minutes. That would suck. Then just don't have him take any hits. But anyway, regardless. So I understand he's human, and I've always liked that about him. I've I've preferred that. I don't want the mysticism about him. I think it's more scary to have somebody that's grounded in realism, like a Night Stalker type of guy. Anybody that could really break into your house and kill you. Uh, my only thing is, in the first movie, he still had this ghost-likeness about him, right? So we see him at the very beginning, but you only see through the first person, and then you see him unmasked by his parents at the beginning. Great, that's it. Then, until you get to the very end where she takes his mask off for half a millisecond, you just kind of see him appear and disappear, right? He's there one second, I look back, he's gone. He's behind the sheets. He's got this ghost-like presence that's still very effective. This movie, we see him all the time. Intro scene, we see the old man, his back. Now, we never see his face dead on, obviously, but you see enough of his face all the time to establish, okay, this guy's just an old-ass fucking crazy guy now. He's clearly an old man, and it took me out of it, man. I mean, so by the point that halfway in the movie, it's like he's got his mask on. I can't – I'm not as scared of him uh, because I've, I've, I've seen – Go ahead. I'm just saying he's just an old man. They showed way too much of him, and I, I don't know. It just it, it took it took anything away from him. It took a little bit of the mystery away from him. And also, did you notice at the end he did his classic uh, when they had him down in the house and he lifted himself up from the torso using nothing but his core strength, which is very mm-hmm. hard to do. This guy, if he's supposed to be a real guy, which we saw him, he's like 65 or something stupid like that. Dude, he's not doing that. He even had a gut. He's not doing that. Oh, you're you're negative nailingness again. Hey, we so, we gotta see him do that because it's fucking iconic. So you can shut the fuck up. Uh but you you know what's funny is you mentioned on uh, uh when we talked about it on an episode, you're like, oh yeah, I, I hope they're not bringing back kills like the stick them to the wall. He did do that. I said, there's no way they're gonna do that, and he did. They did that. I mean, we didn't see it happen. We saw the aftermath. He did do it. Uh, I will say that's kind of a ding on in the movie, too. There was a little too many nods for my taste, like the whole role reversal of her granddaughter looking out the classroom window and seeing Lori instead. You know, that's clearly just fan service. Uh, I don't think it hit for me. There was some weird fan service in this, I noticed. Like uh, the quote-unquote new Loomis character. Uh, there's a scene uh, where she literally calls him, you're the new Loomis. Yeah. And that was too on the nose. Like, we didn't need that. She actually calls him the shape at one point in the movie. We didn't need that. Yeah. yeah correct. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, which we'll get to that. We'll get to new Loomis here in a minute because I think we're going to have to spend a couple of minutes on him. But... I, another downfall, and I'm just going over the negative stuff first. I'm not just going to beat the shit out of the movie because I didn't hate it. But another uh, downfall is most of the characters I don't like, right? Mm-hmm. You still, I mean, I know you think Lori's a little thin, but you still like Lori. We still like Lori Strode. Uh, you know, her granddaughter was okay, I guess. 
her daughter, man, could you could you come across a less caring bitch in your life? Like she didn't give a fuck. Yeah, she was she was like very uh, spotty acted, or uh, I don't know, maybe badly written, or just the act. I couldn't tell. And and also, I, okay. I'll buy that there's a history between her and her mother that we never got to see on camera, and there's a coldness there. I get it. They they established that a little bit through exposition. But when Toby Huss, already the strongest man in the world, got killed, her husband, she didn't give a fuck, man. I know adrenaline might be running because they're all in the house and stuff, but even... That not once was there a, a scream or a no or where the hell's my husband or from the daughter or her. You know, nobody gave a fuck. Yeah, I don't even remember how he died or their reaction. This is one of those movies where uh, a couple times I found myself wondering, how did we get here? Like uh, the scene, the scene where she's all of a sudden in the back of a cop car and they're going looking for Michael. I'm like, how did we get here? Why is why would they have her there with them? What is this? Uh, they're they're with okay. the new Loomis. That's a scene with him. We'll talk about later. That that's a good point. Uh, yeah, you know what? That's so funny you said that because I was wondering if I missed something because she was last time we saw her, she was outside stranded, right? She was she was uh she didn't have her phone or whatever. And then all of a sudden I saw a scene where she's in the back of the squad car and I'm like, "What?" Yeah, I don't remember how that happened. Yeah, did I miss when she got picked up because I didn't notice that either. But uh yeah, man. Uh so Toby Huss's character, he Remember, they were being watched by the police and they were in Lori's house. Okay, Michael had gotten the cop car, I believe, from the two cops who didn't give a fuck talking about sandwiches. And he pulls up in front of the house. So he goes outside thinking he's one of the cops that's on patrol for them. Right. And mm-hmm. he gets killed then. So which is a you'd think he'd be on super high alert. Like, don't even go outside, motherfucker. Like, I, you know, isn't it on record that that motherfucker stolen cop cars in the past? I don't know. But whatever. Uh, another, but the characters, yeah, like the characters just aren't that good. I didn't hate the dad, Toby Huss. I just think his humor was not warranted. Uh, I, the daughter, uh, she didn't give a fuck. Like we said, she had some issues there. I think the dynamic they were going for could have worked. It just wasn't executed well enough. I don't mind the granddaughter that much. She was whatever. I mean, I don't know who was supposed to be the star of this movie. Like, was Jamie Lee Curtis kind of playing second fiddle to the the granddaughter, or was Jamie Lee Curtis the main character? I could tell you what I didn't care about, though, was the granddaughter's fucking boyfriend and their friends. Fuck those characters. Yeah, I was going to say that. Gross, dude. The kid characters were, I don't know, maybe this is what it felt like, because uh, uh, I remember people used to watch the originals and say, uh, Hollywood, they don't know how to write for kids, and uh, is this what it felt like, uh, like, for people watching part five and four, like, this, they don't know how to write for kids. I'm not trying to shit on um, any of the stuff that dates it to this period, because I fully acknowledge that in 78 Halloween, Lori's friends were annoying. Totally, totally, totally. Mm, yeah. They they were annoying too, and they were products of that day and age in the late 70s. Fair game. So I'm trying not to get too annoyed when they have like the dance scene with these kids and they're listening to that fucking like house fucking electronic music. It's like, and they're acting like stupid kids today. Whatever. I guess I just have to deal with that. But the characters themselves, man, dude, why do you always have to have the one friend who's just fucking silly? You know, that fat, ugly kid? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the kid that played, like, Little Jack Black on Pick a Destiny. I don't know, though. Maybe. <laughs> he did look like him. 
He could have been. He was very annoying. And uh, a lot of complaints about this movie are in that there's a lot of characters and things that are introduced in little subplots that are they just disappear and never come back. So, yeah, the boyfriend character. Uh, I remember like that scene where they're at the dance and she sees him like get kissed by a chick. She gets angry. And then uh, like for some reason, he decides to take her phone and throw it into a bowl of pudding. Because <laughs> as if that's and then and then he stands there like oh yeah that's gonna make you feel better right and then she still wants to leave and I I was like why the fuck would you think that was gonna work but it's weird because she didn't even grab the phone she didn't even check to see if the phone was okay he dropped it in pudding it wasn't water the phone might be okay but it was just a plot device so that she didn't have her phone it was it was ringing in the pudding I think it was working I think it was ringing but uh, yeah because it was ringing and he threw it in the pudding yeah you could still hear it ring but anyway yeah exactly so the fact that after that point of the pudding phone you never see the boyfriend again that tells you the only reason they wrote in a boyfriend the only reason they wrote in the Halloween party and and them going as Bonnie and Clyde the the fr- all that shit the only reason any of that ever existed and took up script space. Was so uh, the boyfriend could throw the phone in the pudding and she wouldn't have it. No, seriously, yeah. they they had to they had to write all this fucking useless subplot just for that one moment so it would make sense. Uh, and then mm-hmm. of course you have that other throwaway thing with the best friend drunk and making honor, you know, macking honor and trying to get with her and shit. Uh, I just. It was stupid. Uh, and that was almost like, ah, here's another excuse for a kill because Michael somehow is everywhere in this movie. You know, like what, what were the odds that Michael stumbling around the way he was comes across the little Jack Black, right? At the right time. Yeah. Well, he doesn't even seem because remember they decided that, oh, he's not the sister or brother anymore, even though it kind of seems like they might be sleeping on that one because they don't completely write it off. They just like, oh yeah, somebody made that up. Uh, That strikes me as, you know what? If, uh, if next year we do another movie and we want to, just make her the brother, make them siblings again. We'll go ahead and do that. But yeah, because they took that out or were to assume they did, it's like, okay, well, why would he just fucking come back for Lori Strode? It's written in the movie that he just kind of happens upon her fucking house. He doesn't no. really go looking for her, right? So, so that's a good segue to talk about the new Loomis. So let me, let me, uh, preface this by saying, when they established that there was no relation between Michael and Lori, I too was wondering, all right, well, what's the motive of Michael going after Lori? You know, he's been locked away for 40 years. You'd think even if he breaks out, he's just going to fucking kill whoever. So I think, I don't know if they executed it perfectly. Like any, like everything else in this movie, I don't think they quite hit the mark, but I kind of, it made sense. You know, the fact that, you had new Loomis, the twist that he was fucking batshit crazy, which a lot of people fucking don't like. I don't know how I feel about it, but at least they gave some kind of reasoning to why Michael ended up at Lori's house because he wasn't going after Lori. Yeah, he wasn't. He broke out and new Loomis pointed him and took him to Lori, took him to Lori Yeah, because he grew this obsession, right? Yeah, that's that's what I meant by he just kind of happened. He didn't go out looking for her. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, 
that makes more sense to me that he wouldn't that Michael would not be going out looking for her. I mean, but that that seems a little that seems a little clumsy. The the just writing the Loomis guy to do that. It, it does. Even though like I can buy that like oh yeah because uh, he says like he petitioned for years to to be uh, Michael's new caretaker or doctor after Loomis died, and he knew Loomis and shit. I could okay. He wanted to be Michael's new caretaker because he was fucking obsessed with the murders or something, and then uh, obviously he's the reason the fucking bus fucked up and he got loose in the first place. That explained that, but like, like whenever the uh, he first like runs into Michael and then puts the mask on. Yeah, like, I was I was like, what the fuck is he doing? Like that, he had no reason to put that mask on. Why did he do that? Like for a second, I thought. Are they bringing the fucking Thorn Cult back into this shit? <laughs> you know, they don't got to. They were going to Cult of Chucky you and show Tiffany at the end. Like, what the fuck? I thought this was a totally retelling. I was almost expecting that. I was I was shocked that they actually went through with, like, just rewriting that she had a daughter and then a grand- granddaughter. I figured they would at least mention that fucking she had a son, too. Or I figured they would puss out on rewriting it in, in some way. Speaking of which, of the sun, dude, there's still people that don't realize this isn't a sequel to H2O. Everybody's like, where the fuck was her son? I don't get it. What the fuck? Everybody's like lost because of H2O and stuff. I knew there would be. I knew. I, that's why I thought it was weird to fucking do that. Yeah. You can't expect people like just fucking watching a trailer to to research shit enough to know that like, oh, this is a different timeline and stuff like that. The people can't even wrap their minds around that concept. General audiences and stuff. Yeah, the casual moviegoer. Because when a movie almost does 80 million in the first weekend, that's mostly casual moviegoers. That there's not there's that's not the hardcore horror people. Trust me. You know, because mm-hmm. if it was the hardcore horror people, well, then every horror movie would be doing 80 million, right? Weekends, correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they, it was marketed not the best. And it just, I kind of, it kind of had those odds against it the whole time. But anyway, with the Loomis character, which is funny how we don't even know his name, we just keep calling him New Loomis. And uh, they kind of shot themselves in the foot. I forget his name. Even Lori calling him New Loomis, they shoot themselves in the foot, like dooming that character to be New Loomis. But, um, yeah. I just think. Regardless of what you think about his character in the twist, I, I guess it makes sense enough, even if you think it's a wacky thing. So he had this obsession with Michael. Uh, he wanted to break him. He wanted to see him talk. He wanted to whatever his obsession was. You know, obviously he killed the person, right? That's what it feels like, Michael. Oh, he almost was orgasmic. Yeah, if I remember right, I think that's why he put the mask on. Like, oh, so this is what it's like. Yeah, yeah that's I forgot. That that so that yeah, in the context of that, it makes sense why he would put on the mask because he was full batshit crazy at that point, right? He wanted to yeah. live it. And uh to be honest with you, I, I didn't see it coming, did you? No. I didn't see because they already had enough going. It was kind of a twist. It was a twist that didn't they didn't need, so I was I wasn't expecting it, but the twist did help uh explain why Michael would get to Lori. So that's it's kind of the only it was a vehicle for that, I guess. But I didn't see it coming, so I guess whether or not I like it at the end of the day, I I guess I was glad that there was something that was a surprise, because everything else is kind of by the numbers for me. Mm-hmm. Uh so I guess I appreciated it. But uh, it makes sense once you see the twist. It makes sense the stuff he was he was saying throughout the movie about uh, uh, you know almost justifying evil you know and more of a fascination with why it is and not that it's bad. Whereas Loomis, because he kept comparing it to like Loomis, how Loomis was just like 
pure evil. He must be stopped. And he kept not wanting to kill him. He wanted to understand him. And uh, I think they did an all right enough job with that because it wasn't so on the nose where I predicted a twist, right? Mm-hmm. Because if he was just so on the nose with it, like, wow, this guy really has an interest in uh, keeping Michael alive, you know, it didn't, it wasn't that heavy handed. So I guess they did that. All right. But you know what they got to do now, though, they got the perfect opportunity to fucking uh, keep uh, Jamie Lee on for the sequels and make her the new Loomis character. Really surprised they didn't kill her. I figured they wouldn't have. I thought they were going to kill. I thought they were going to kill her. Um, I don't know. I I, I, I thought she was going to get the justice she wanted, but somehow she wasn't going to make it to. But because uh, I don't know, she's getting old and she hasn't. She was always the type of actress that was like, all right, give me the paycheck, but I'm never doing these again. You know, but now she acts like she loves this franchise. So maybe I guess she's signing on for more. But uh, I, I don't know, man. I think. They're going to make sh- they've already even before when this movie was just projected to do a certain number, they already announced a sequel is going to get greenlit. Right. And which worries me because, you know, the people that created this one aren't attached as of right now because, you know, they're going to make their money. It's the nature of the beast. This movie does well and they're going to pump out eight more. It's going to be saw. And plus it's Blumhouse, dude. They made how many paranormal activity movies? They're going to milk the fuck mm-hmm. out of this. Uh, So. Like where I I don't think it does well. I think it does well for horror in general. I don't think it's going to be good for the franchise. But who knows, man? A lot of people don't like what uh, I think Adam Green is that his fucking name did with the movie and and uh, what's his face. Uh, so maybe uh, fresh talent to direct it and stuff might be not a bad thing. I don't know, but I kind of wanted some resolution. I know they're not going to say goodbye to the squillions and squillions of dollars they aim to make with a new franchise, but dude. I, this movie had an alright enough bookend. Fuck, man. How is he going to get out of this death, right? They killed him. He's dead. Can I just say, fucking, uh, let's all just admit that the fucking climax of H2O was better. Uh, oh, you mean the actual, like, the head chop and the, the, the stealing the uh, medical vehicle? The way they killed him, yeah. It was, uh, it, that was a good ending because it just cuts to black, cuts his head off, and it's done. Yeah, um,. Heck, dude, even the fucking ending to Rob Zombie's Halloween where she shoots him in the head <laughs> and then it cuts to black was kind of kind of cool. This kind of ends uh, the same way as part two does. So they brought yeah. it back after part two. So, yeah, well, what I'm wondering is, are they going to just like you would say, are they going to go full autism, as you would say? And the, in the next movie, they're going to show what happened at the end of the first one. And she lights the flare and it explodes. And then Michael finds a little like escape hole. He's going to blow down a secret hallway that was there. We didn't know. Yeah. Or or he's going to like crawl out of a, a hole in the basement. And all of a sudden he's going to roll into a creek that was never there before. And get nursed back to health by a uh, fucking hermit that lets him sleep there for a year. Who knows? But uh, I... It's funny because before it came out to a broad audience, the the pre-screenings and all that, it was getting stroked off. If you noticed, just all the pre-screenings and the early screenings, everybody's like, oh, it's amazing, it's amazing, all the, the press reviews, it's amazing, Rotten Tomatoes, 98%. But then once it opened up to everybody uh, this weekend, I wasn't seeing that many, oh, it's amazing. I was mostly saying it was okay and yeah, it was pretty good. I was kind of seeing a lot of that. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, coming out and calling a movie amazing is stupid for anybody to do, even whenever they're trying to hype it, because then it just it makes the expectations too high. 
Well, and speaking of expectations, I this movie met my expectations. It fell exactly where I thought it would fall for me. It's literally for me the fourth best movie after the first three, you know, even including Season of the Witch. And I knew it would be sight unseen. Uh now, but I think that's the problem with that a lot of people have. It met people's expectations, but I think people wanted to be surprised and have something exceed those expectations. You know what I mean? So uh I mean, honestly, what did you think about the whole third act? Which is funny because when I saw the movie, when the third act started ramping up with even though even with the crazy shit with the second Loomis reveal and all that stuff, I still thought the third act saved the movie as crazy and wacky as it was, because I get that the original Halloween was slow paced and kind of, you know, this movie was slow paced, even though there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh it was kind of just meandering, as you would say, for a while. And and I'm glad that the third act was done the way it was because I'd rather have a strong third act than like a strong first act and a weak, you know, second and third act. So it it brought it from a certain grade. I'm going to give it here at the end to maybe like a one point higher. But uh, what would you think of the whole third act? Yeah, I thought it was good. It uh, uh, I, I, I don't got any complaints with it. Do you think they portrayed this movie to be during the Halloween season enough for you? Because I heard some criticisms that it didn't feel Halloween-y. Um, I didn't really notice. Uh, maybe a bit. Oh, it's it's like they wrote in the Halloween dance just just to establish it's Halloween, right? Yeah. Uh, what makes me think of Halloween is like daytime shots of the fall leaves and fucking colors of fall. And a lot of the movies seem to be nighttime. Uh, it gets night pretty quick in this movie. And, uh, well, it's funny, too, because I guess it's like the first one. Halloween's kind of irrelevant. I, Well, I guess that's new Loomis for you, too, because it's like, well, it would make sense if Michael Myers was obsessed with Halloween, legit, because he killed his sister on Halloween all his years ago, that he wants to break out again on Halloween. But I guess if Loomis, new Loomis did it, then it would make sense. He wants to sit there and make it align with his killing in his past. I guess. Um, what do you think of uh, the, the uh, they did it again. They brought back Loomis in voice form. It was all right. They kind of left Loomis alone after that. We don't know how he died or why he died. I'm not saying we needed to. Yeah, they they did a thing where the new Loomis, I think, was listening to his voice on an audio recording. And it's like warped. So it's like kind of high pitched and then it gets low pitched. But yeah, they they brought Loomis into it again. Yeah, well, I'm glad he got acknowledged. I, I don't. What'd you think of the opening credits? Too, they uh, they revived the fucking uh, tradition of making it uh, black screen, and they're zooming into a jack o' lantern. What'd you think of that? I enjoyed that. I did too, but. You know what's funny is like at first, uh, like it was a reverse melting shot of a pumpkin. Yeah. And at first, I'm like, is that fucking CG? Like something about it at first looked uh, cartoony, but then I realized what it was. Because it looked like a Thanksgiving parade balloon. Because it, yeah. <laughs> it was blowing up. But uh, I'm not going to nitpick that. I thought I thought it was good, and I, I like the classic fonts. And I, I thought it was kind of funny that like they were going through the credits really super fast, though. As if to say, like, we can't just have uh, it zooming into a pumpkin too long. Uh, so audiences now won't, they won't be with that. So the credits is like, they're, they're running super quick while it's happening. Well, 
I, I appreciated the old school. I mean, if they're going to make it a direct sequel to the first one, at least they established it as such with all that stuff, which kind of is a good segue into what we liked about the movie. Uh, Wait, I got a couple things. I, I got a couple. I got one thing I wanted to mention that just kind of was weird to me. Bugged you. And, and uh, I guess it's not really weird because it makes sense because of how they did the sequel. Like, whenever he first gets out, uh, the first thing he does, uh, I mean, when he gets back to Haddonfield, and everything he goes on kind of a little uh fucking killing spree right mm-hmm. so he's walking from one house to another house seemingly like just aimlessly what did you think of that it almost made me think of like oh he's playing a video game now he just got out of fucking he was locked up for a long time now he's gotta go level up a little bit he's gotta he's gotta get his kill skills right yeah that was weird it seemed like uh i'm not complaining because i it was cool just to see him do his thing. I'd rather see Michael with the mask on killing people. Yeah, it was. It was. Yet him going to yet another gas station or whatever and stealing a mechanic's fucking overalls, driving cars. You know, I just get me out of that. I liked it. And I enjoyed it, but it just seemed very aimless. And like, why did they do that? But it makes sense because, again... He's not fucking looking for Lori anymore. He's just a fucking killer. And, I mean, what else was he doing if not just aimlessly fucking walking around killing people in the original? So, it makes sense. But it just felt weird. Well, I mean, what else is he going to do? Go to community college? Take a few courses? Become a working man? I, he's just going to go out and kill. Yeah. But, no, I get what you're saying. It was kind of arbitrary, but it was a means for him to up the body count for the movie, right? Because, speaking mm-hmm. of the body count... The first one had what five? I think if you include the mechanic, if that's if that's correct, uh, this one had what fucking like twelve? It had a lot. I mean, don't fact check me on the number, but it was it was pretty high, which is weird because, you know, I thought they would keep in complete tone with the original movie and make it more atmospheric. You know, less is more. But no, dude. Honestly, the kills you would have thought it was Rob Zombie, right? Because <laughs> the kills were pretty brutal, and I'm not complaining. I like. The old style. But the thing is, is if these new directors and filmmakers aren't going to successfully pull off the old style well, then at least give me the gore, you know? So it's like, I'm not totally complaining because that's a high point, man. Why you brought up the Rob Zombie thing, I, I, I could say too that I thought it looked a little too pretty. It looked a little too polished and Disney-esque. I don't want it to look as fucking gritty as Halloween 2. That was too far. But... I, I I was kind of hoping more of a John Carpenter look. I I could feel that. I'm not going to let that be a deal breaker. I mean, I get it. It's 2018. Uh but Yeah, I I put that I'll uh, I'll do that. that's just kind of a nitpick, but I I I thought that. Yeah. I agree. I was thinking the same thing too. Um it kind of looked like I was watching Halloween Town on the Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. Right? One of those fucking old or, or hocus pocus, right? <laughs> or something. Right. But uh but no, like I said, if they're not going to be able to pull off the suspense and the less is more as far as the kills, they might as well go over top of the gore. So I'm not necessarily complaining because the kills were cool. Uh, they were very cool and they looked cool. No CGI that I noticed. And the way he killed people was unique. Like, you know, there's a lot of jaw rips, uh, him stabbing the guy through the neck from the back of the neck to the front, uh, you know, yeah. stabbing the young Jack Black over the spikes on the fence, man. It was some unique. It was very, very, uh, slasher-esque it was very this was, we were dealing with jason michael myers you know michael myers from part two here yeah 
But uh, it was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, that scene where he killed the fat kid was cool because uh, that's that's the first like big original. Because uh, uh, up until then, on the soundtrack, it was the classic cues pretty much, and then that had a, like a completely different theme, which was it was uh, great, pretty cool. It was really cool. It was cool hearing a John Carpenter theme in a fucking big movie in the theater again. It was cool, and like I said, uh, going into what we liked about the movie, dude, John Carpenter steals it for me. This movie would not have been as good as it was if it wasn't for the Carpenter score, uh, because it it was the one thing that was pulling me into the movie, like really making me believe, okay, this is a continuation of the first one. It's old school. Is is his fucking soundscapes going on? And yeah, I did love that new theme too. Uh, everything mm-hmm. about that. So I mean, I was trying to think, how would this movie have felt to me if it had like a zombie score or a fuck even worse like an h2o score uh and creed for fuck's sake <laughs> it w- it wouldn't have been the same man the carpenter really made it so that was my favorite part hands down about the movie uh and i'm glad he turned down the you know if i, I don't did they approach him to direct it i think at first or something like that i think they did i don't know before it was this movie, they were gonna do Halloween Returns, and he was gonna—he did the music for Halloween Returns, which never got made. It was the, the idea was scrapped. It was gonna be straight to video, if I remember right. But that soundtrack that he did is on Spotify for Halloween Returns. Yeah. Well, I'm glad at this point. I don't want John Carpenter necessarily to direct another Halloween movie, right? Because he seems like the type of guy that really doesn't give a fuck. And if he's gonna do something for the money, then I don't. I don't want I'd rather him not direct it than direct a bad one that's not going to live up to his classic movies. Uh but you could tell his heart is still in music. He still tours, he releases his Lost Themes albums. He still loves doing music. So as much as he wants to put out of that, I'm happy to listen to it. Uh so that was a huge high point for me. Real quick, is it out there what part uh like what scene of the cameo of the original Michael Myers is? Oh, Nick Castle? Yeah. It's every time you see him without a mask. So at the beginning, the old man at the... Oh. Yeah. Okay, because I was going to say, I thought like whenever the the teeth and the stall scene, I thought, oh, that looks like Nick Castle. I wasn't sure, though. I, if I was going to guess, I figured they would have fucking put him in the mask so that we didn't know. I couldn't tell. No. Well... Uh, he's at least unmasked. Every time you see him in the, the, the butt when he gets on the bus with New Loomis... When he's at the penitentiary, uh, yeah, the drop in the teeth, that's totally Nick Castle. I thought I thought the guy in the opening scene looked different than he did in the fucking overalls in the bathroom. I don't know. I, I don't think he did, but I, I okay. thought it looked the same. But regardless, they had the Jude Courtney or whatever the fuck his name is obviously do all the action shit. I'm not saying they didn't get Nick Castle in a couple of shots when he's not doing much to play the Michaels in the mask. He might have, but... I understood it seemed like uh, the new guy played him through most of because the rest of the movie he's tearing ass. Once he gets that mask on, he's doing a lot of fucking action. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Uh, Here, here's something I wrote down uh, and uh, I, no one else has talked about this and it's kind of weird. Did you notice they never make any fucking reference whatsoever to the Myers house in this movie? No, I didn't really think about it. Yeah, they never do. They never bring it up as if it's like uh, they don't bring up that it got tore down. Uh, the, it's never on screen. They never fucking mention anything about it, which is weird because I think they always do in every fucking uh, Halloween movie. 
Even like part five where it doesn't even fucking, it has a fucking like weird ass looking castle looking house in that. But it's still called the Myers house. Don't get me wrong on this next part too. I mean, I'm glad they didn't go, because when we were talking about it, they're going to rehash ideas. And I that obviously they rehashed some kills and stuff. But I was like, dude, I told you before, if he fucking takes his sister's tombstone again in this movie, I'm walking out of the theater. I'm glad he didn't. Uh, but. What was the reasoning that he paid his sister a visit? Remember, he was in the background when they were at the at the at the cemetery during the day. Yeah, that's the thing. They kind of implied that he got out and he's visiting all the the fucking usual landmarks, but he never went to the fucking house, which is weird because if you think about it, in the first movie, he kind of breaks out and just seemingly wants to hang out at the fucking house until he stumble uh, fucking Laurie Strode. You know, he sees her yeah. leaving the key, and it's just not in this movie. Never. Yeah, no. Yeah, I get that. But I wonder, was he just feeling nostalgic or he wanted to reminisce and go see his sister from a distance? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What's his first kill? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, maybe I'll I'll let that go. What else did I like about the movie? Um, like, I, like I said, Michael was just a highlight. Him himself, just the actors that played him and the way he looked uh, and the kills, huge highlight. I think they showed too much of them. Like I said, it was a little bit, they were trying to do a role reversal. I don't think they succeeded, but I just, I don't know. Uh, too much Michael for me. Yeah. That would have been better if they would have uh, hit that harder. It was, it, yeah. Either go all in or don't do it at all. It's like, but I, I liked him better in the first one. He was, I get it. He was still a human, but he was still more ghost. Like, like he was really scary. Like, is he around your shoulder? You don't know this movie. He's clearly just a guy walking around stalking. We see him every fucking second of this movie. And it's just not as scary for me, honestly. But, uh, and, and that, that's another point too. The movie wasn't scary. Yeah, I don't fucking go into a horror movie expecting to be scared these days. I I know. I I don't get scared either, but it didn't have any creep factor. So even though the original Halloween doesn't scare me, I acknowledge that there's a creep factor there, right? I could see why Mm -hmm. watching this at dark when you were a kid maybe would have been creepy, you know, especially the first movie. It makes you feel isolated. So if you had the lights down and you're like eight years old and you're watching Halloween and you're watching those scenes where, you know, they're on the phone, they're with the other babysitters and the lights are out and you hear that John Carpenter music and you know, Michael Myers could be anywhere. We don't know because we don't see him all the time. It's kind of scary. It kind of makes you want to look over the back of your shoulders. Right. But this movie does not do that for me at all. And there's a couple of lame jump scares. I mean, a couple of stupid ones, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It didn't really scare me. I don't know. What are, what are your big highlights? Uh, pretty much the same chat. The same fucking chat. Uh, I, you know, seeing Michael was fucking cool, babe. None of the stupid Thorn Colt shit. You knew that wasn't going to come up. And that was like a load off your mind almost. Uh, yeah, I did notice, uh, some C- a CG kill in the first, the time, whenever he, uh, gets the hammer and gets into the house. Yeah. Or no, the second house he breaks into, he, he shows the knife through the chick's throat. They use some CG to enhance that effect, I think. But it wasn't ex- extremely noticeable. Yeah, it's nothing that I noticed. I did think that that uh, kill was cool. It might have been the first one. I'm not sure where he just walks in the woman's house and, you know, you, the kill's actually off screen. You know, he like walks into the kitchen and she's kind of like around the corner. Uh, but then the camera moves and you you immediately see what he did to her, you know? Yeah. And then you and then you hear a baby crying and it pans through. It shows him go up to the baby crib and then he just walks past and everybody in the theater goes, oh. <gasps> 
like I did you think he was gonna kill that baby it was intentional obviously uh and 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 the directors wanted to do that like we want to make them feel like oh he's gonna stop and look at the baby like oh my god is he gonna do it of course he's not gonna but you know what it would have been pretty hard as fuck See, imagine if he just picked up the baby and threw it across the fucking room like shut up and then walked out or if he just like put a pillow over it or he broke the neck right so but but my thing is why would Mike the let's let's take it out of like fantasy land? It's not a movie. Let's say it's real life. Why would Michael Myers, a guy that has blackness, dark death in his eyes, he just he's pure evil. Why would he spare a baby? He killed the fucking like eight, nine, ten year old at the beginning. Why would he kill a baby? Why would he spare a baby? Why would he spare it? He he uh he hugged that ten year old till he passed out. But why did he spare the baby though? You know what I mean? Why would he really in real life or? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know if he would have fucking even wasted his time going to the house because it, it, it implies that he went in there just to get a knife. And it's like, why the fuck did you need a knife? You had a hammer before he walked in there. Okay, well, at this point, he's just going on a killing spree. He's not really on a mission, right? Like, like we said, we don't really think he's going after Lori. He's just killing. Right at this point, he's going through houses. So he yeah. had a fish in a barrel opportunity with that baby. So Michael, to me, that says Michael has morals, and I don't like that. Right? I'm not saying I want to watch a baby get killed. Maybe, maybe he's the ultimate evil, and he's the guy that fucking did wouldn't kill baby Hitler. Maybe that baby will grow up to be the next Hitler. Maybe that was the most evil thing he could have done. We don't know. That's a way to spin it positively, but uh, I that I get it. But they're, the only reason they're not doing it is because it's a movie, and they think that's pushing the envelope too much. But for me, that probably would have got them an instant X rating or NC seventeen. They, they could have showed it off screen, right? They don't have to show it. Mm-hmm. We we've seen babies die in movies like that. It's happened. It's happened, mm-hmm. and, and and you could do it off screen and whatever you could. St- they do that a lot in like European movies, but in America, that's a big no no. It seems like. What was that imprint that Takashi Miike, where they were fucking aborting babies yeah. with bamboo shoot and throwing them in the creek? <laughs> Jeez, they gives no fox. There's no taboo about the babies. But I don't know. I get it. It just takes me out of it because I don't think if Michael is this emotionless black eyes pure evil. He shouldn't have any sort of like line that he can't cross, you'd think. Um, but mm-hmm. regardless, um, yeah, I mean, the, at least the strong points of the movie are ones that matter. The kills are cool. Michael's cool. Uh, I think the third act is strong enough. I think Lori is, is a strong point of the movie. Um, I still think it's pretty funny that we had a fucking 65 year old granny type character <laughs> going after Michael Myers. It was kind of entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think it's funny if you if you tally up all the nitpicks, then all the negative stuff does outweigh the the positive stuff. But here's the thing: the little nitpicks don't usually add up to what a strong point is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. So a, a couple nitpicks aren't gonna erase or cancel out like how cool the kills were. Uh, with that said, before we give our final ratings on a movie, I also want to say, what do you think? Is this the fucking timeline they're going to stick to? Or are they going to fucking do something else again after this? Uh, I Well, they're going to have to get creative. They're not what timeline. I think they're going to follow this timeline, but they're going to get mm. wacky with it. I think they'll. They'll they'll keep up with this particular movie. Well, it's weird because if they do decide to go with this timeline, he's a fucking you know he's seventy or eighty years old, so he's not gonna be able to just fucking outpower everybody he comes across in the sequels. 
I know... Unless you want to make them supernatural. I know Blumhouse likes to pump out movies every single year. I know how they work. Uh, but in a perfect world, which I know the world revolves around money and they don't give a shit about my perfect world, um, they would have let this serve as a bookend. It was a good bookend. And then, dude, five years, they can reboot it again. Give it five years, mm-hmm. right? Make the shit ton of money, market it as the final showdown, make all your money, and then in five years, you can do it again. It's just like, uh, it's just like the Freddy thing. I don't want to get too much into news because we'll cover some news, uh, on our next commentary. But the one thing I'll say is this movie, like I said, it's good for horror in general, in general. It's good for indie movies that'll get greenlit. It's good for old slashers, right? Now we have resolution with Jason, kinda. Right? That just happened out of nowhere with the whole LeBron James things. LeBron James. Did you see how many people are, are having an autistic fit over that? Like, it's it's LeBron James. Like, so? Maybe, maybe he's a he's big a fan. fucking fan. We don't know he's he's going to fucking make it shitty. Uh, he might just be like, hey, Halloween just made a shit ton of fucking money. I'm just going to attach my name to any fucking horror franchise I can right now that's old. So he could just, like... Just want his fucking name on it so he gets a return whenever the movie makes all the fucking money it's going to make. Or he'll just put, like, a company. Like, he'll have a company name. You know, whatever. It might not... I don't fucking know. Ah. But regardless, I, literally, as of this recording, it's like two days ago when we were talking, the uh, the most updated word on the whole case thing was there was an appeal uh, and we weren't going to have resolution for a long time because nobody was playing ball. Now, all of a sudden, LeBron James steps in and now there's been some kind of settlement, supposedly. What the fuck? It just yeah, I saw somebody talking about it was this guy Evan Lefavor on uh, Twitter. He was he was talking about like basically said that from one of these here and now they split it fifty fifty and uh, Victor Miller can use Jason or uh, he can use the camp and then the other team can use Jason but not the camp or something, which is kind of like what they had already. So. I don't, I don't fucking question Evan Lefebvre because he is the biological father of Jesus Christ. If you have paid attention to his YouTube channel, you know that. So, and I am an Evanist. I do practice Evanism. I do believe everything he says. He is uh, a god among men. So I don't think he fucked up. I, so uh, we're we're gonna find out, baby. We're seeing. Could it have been LeBron James? What if? What if that's the fucking kicker of this? Of all people, LeBron James, fucking put a fast track on that whole fucking thing getting solved. But what if LeBron James showing interest made fucking you know like uh, Sean Cunningham be like, you know what? Fuck it. I I, I withdraw my appeal. You know, I don't know. Maybe it was incentive to like, hey, look. You can make money on this now because you have all this interest from this party or me. I don't know. So what's Victor Miller's MO? I still don't really know it. Is he wanting to actually make money and make a movie? Right. And, you know, are they going to have two running series going on? Are they going to come out with a movie called Friday the 13th, just like they just did Halloween? And it's going to be basically a retelling of the first one with no Jason. And we're going to have Pamela Voorhees in the camp and the whole deal. Basically, fucking uh, technically, Victor Miller could write a fucking do exactly what Halloween just did and make a direct sequel to the original where there never was a Jason or he's dead. And then Horror Inc. or whatever is going to carry on with Jason, and they're going to have to call the movies Jason Goes To or Jason X. You know what I'm saying? They're going to have to. Jason Goes to Camp. Jason Goes to Camp. <laughs> and it's not Crystal Lake. That's their loophole, baby. He just goes to another camp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that could, they could write into the story that he's no longer welcome at his old home. 
And so he has to find it. He has to find a new home. He has to find a new camp. They fucking gave him uh, his papers, like to fucking vacate that shit. And it's a crossover with Ernest. That'd be fucking great. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, but it's gonna be some Chucky bullshit where we have two people doing something at the same time. It's gonna be a big confusion clusterfuck. Uh, I I don't know. I I I don't like this world we're living in when it comes to all that business legal shit. But uh, but anyway, if there is a, a solution, regardless to it. This movie, Halloween, is not only good for all horror and independent new projects that are to come out, but also the old slashers, which brings me into the last new bit, news bit I want to talk about is the whole Freddy Krueger thing. So I was wondering what Halloween's success would mean for something like Nightmare, because now everybody's interested, of course, in reviving all these old franchises. Now, tomorrow night is when that show, well, not for people listening, but that's when the, the new episode of that show with uh, Freddy Krueger comes on. Yeah, so if you're listening to this, go check it out. It's going to be on Hulu, I'm sure, because it's, you know, it's probably on Hulu right now. But, uh, you know, he's always said a nauseam that, hey, you know, I'm too old, yada, yada, won't do it. Now, there's a big clickbait article going out right now that people are just running and using as headlines that um, he'd be open to doing another movie. Now, when you read it, I don't know. He's basically saying that, look, I know that he's like they're wanting to reboot it, but of course they're going to want to do about eight of these damn movies. And... I'm too old to do like the long haul shit. And he just kind of says, I've got one left in me. So now whether that means, Hey, I'd totally do one. Or if he's just saying, look, all I could do is one tops. I don't know how he's really meaning it, but regardless, if they were smart, which they won't, they want to fucking make money. Just cash out, get Robert England and keep him for one movie. Do one definitive nightmare movie. Do do something that'll close it out or do like that soft reboot with with Robert England, except that you're just going to have Robert England for one movie because people care about nostalgia. Freddy is not so blessed to had a killer that had a mask that could be played by anybody, right? Like yeah. Halloween. No, Freddy, you have to have Robert England if you're going to get that same money that Halloween got. Just accept that you're going to get one shot to do it market the movie as such, right? That it's the last two raw or it's like some, some kind of story with a bookend. The fucking swan song, baby. And then make that fucking money and then reboot it in five years. Just, just do it. Just five years ain't that long to wait. Like it's not the money you could make from one last Halloween esque type revival with the original guy is going to be worth the the money you're going to make from that is worth not having three more movies to pump out in the next five years. No, just make all this money and wait five years, then reboot it. That's what I think they should do. Yeah, is, isn't it funny that in this in the future we're gonna have kids like talking about like, oh man, I'm a I'm a huge Freddy fan. Are you a bigger fan of the first generation of films or uh, the third? Yeah, that second generation sucked. They only did one remake, and it, it was fucking terrible. Yeah, there, there's gonna be generations of these series. It's gonna be crazy. But do you do you feel what I'm saying about Freddy? Do you not agree? I agree. Yeah. Like, make your money. Don't let it go to. I think. Robert England, he could be coaxed. You could you could lure him in with some money. He clearly has a price. He's doing the Goldbergs, right? Yeah. He, and, I, and I guarantee you, he made as much money for that spot on Goldbergs as he did for a normal Freddy movie, probably. Like a whole fucking movie. He probably did. Network TV. Uh, he, he definitely made more than his last, like, 18 fucking B-movies combined, probably. 
And I'm pretty sure, so like, for example, Halloween, I think it only had like a budget of $10 million, which I think Blumhouse even said, that's high for us. They do low-budget movies, like Paranormal Activity, and they make a shit ton of profit. And Halloween did like eight times that in the opening weekend alone. So I, I don't even give a shit. Even if you give it to someone like Blumhouse, for fuck's sake, I don't give a fuck. Look, make this damn movie for $10, 15 $20 million dollars. Give Robert England five to ten million dollars. Give him a fucking payday. Mm. He won't take it. He's not. He's not at that level. They won't give him ten million. But dude, give him five million. That's probably a massive amount of cash for that guy. Give him five million. Make this happen. Make a movie that's going to make you a couple hundred million dollars in the box office off of a twenty million dollar budget. Fucking sit on that for five years, and then use those funds. To fucking work on this reboot idea if you really want to do that. But just don't waste the opportunity. They need to give Robert England one more shot. If they fucking made it right and didn't fucking skimp out and hire some shittier actor to play Freddy, I guarantee you it'd probably, with this new Halloween, it'd probably make fucking more than even Freddy vs. Jason did, which was the biggest grossing one so far. Yeah, with Robert England in tow. Yeah, the timing's now. I guarantee you. And especially if they market it as the fucking final in the series, and they're really going to give it a send-off and end it the right way. A hundred percent. A hundred percent they will. And I think, that I guarantee you they're having talks. Everybody's paying attention to what Halloween did, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is a monster. Everybody's talking. You got, obviously, the Victor Millers and everybody coming to terms. You got fucking, I guarantee you, people over at the Freddy camp are being like, hey, we need to start kicking around ideas. Like, do we go? I'm sure we're not the first people to talk about this. I'm pretty sure the powers that be uh, over at Freddy's camp, they're, they're considering this. Like, hey, do we make one last hurrah with Robert? What do we do? Or do we just try and cash in on this with a whole new franchise. Uh, and they could be, they're so out of touch too. They could be taking the wrong thing. They could be like, okay, let's fucking remake again, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street again. No. And that would not be a good thing. So they could totally rip off Halloween's idea altogether and make like a spiritual successor to the first one only and have Heather Langenkamp back. They could fucking do that. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. I'd be fine with that too. But the only thing is Heather Langenkamp isn't marketable like Jamie Lee Curtis is because Jamie Lee Curtis obviously had a bigger career after. Uh, mm. But dude, I just think they'll make a they'll they'll pick the biggest star in the in the lineup of movies so far. They're gonna make a direct sequel to Part Three with fucking Morpheus showing up again, baby. Well, technically, like five six years ago, Patricia Arquette won the Oscar for Best Best Actress. Uh, yeah, he's gonna show up on that TV show she uh, does. So I personally think the best option is to just do a soft reboot, but that has a complete story that gives us the beginning and the end of Freddy. Just, you know, because he is old. He's going to look not right. They can't do a sequel to the first one because he's all fat and old. But I say still do sort of like uh, a soft reboot, make him an old guy from the get go and just close it out. Close it out. Right. I think it'd be great. You know, do a lot of fan service. Give Heather Langenkamp and shit like, like have Heather Langenkamp play like the mom of the lead. Right. I'm cool with that. Just, but I, but my thing is if they did do a Freddy movie, this is like a podcast all on its own talking about like, what if a Freddy movie came out? Uh, but I please, I would hope to God they would go dark. Mm-hmm. Don't be schlocky. No comic relief. Go dark. Go hard. You know, for the last one. Uh, don't have. I don't even have Robert England talk that much. Don't show him that much. 
I'd keep him in the shadows, even though we know what, I, he needs a makeup overhaul. I wouldn't be. They need to keep it classic enough, but I'd be totally fine if they gave it kind of a fresh new spin. To be honest with you, something make it look really good. You definitely don't make it look like it did in part five and onward. Don't make it look like it does in the Goldbergs because it looks fucking weird and plastic and weird. But uh, yeah, but dude, really, really go all out. But that's that's all I have to say about that. But also. Maybe with this Halloween being so massive, they'll finally re-resurrect the concept of rebooting Hellraiser, like they were gonna do, right? Mm-hmm. And they were gonna do they were gonna do that with Hellraiser. It was in 2012. They approached Clive Barker uh, to direct, and he had originally signed on to direct. And at first, he declined, but he knew that if he didn't do it, they were gonna fuck it up and actually straight up remake it. Whereas he agreed to direct it. On the grounds that, well, I'll at least do it right because I don't want to fuck it up. And he was going to play ball. He's like, we're going to compromise. He's like, basically, all they want is the title. They want to they want to be able to market it as a reboot and they want to call it simply Hellraiser. Okay, fine. I'll give them what they want. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to base it off my newest novel at the time, The Scarlet Gospels, that essentially tells a complete story that begins and ends pinhead in the Cenobites. You know, just uh-huh. just tells a dude, I am so down for that. So hopefully somebody is is talking at the Hellraiser camps too. Like and somebody's got a brain in their head and they're like, hey, we gotta stop with these great value pinhead fucking budget movies we keep put, putting out. Uh-huh. We ha- we're sitting we're sitting on some money here and we're not doing anything with it. Yeah, the only reason they're putting those movies out is so they can keep the rights. It's like what the fuck are you keeping the rights for if you're not gonna make a, a an actual movie that's gonna go out the theaters. Like what do you care? Yeah, this is now's the time, man. They were just all waiting for a movie like Halloween to come out, right, and do this. But it's opened the floodgates. So I hope Robert England's getting offers right now and and getting all options at least to to mull on. I hope Clive Barker's getting his uh, door knocked on and getting offered. Even if it's, just, I'm not saying Robert England. I'm sorry, I'm not saying Clive Barker has to direct it or anything. He's not really a big director. He's only directed a few movies, right? But dude, mm-hmm. let him let him write the bitch. Fuck yeah, get. get talk to these people legitimize it by bringing on somebody like john carpenter even in like a producer sort of role where he's sort of given the blessings and he's uh uh what's it called he's uh uh he's there for why can't i fucking spit out the word endorsement yeah yeah there's just i'm i'm more excited about what halloween's gonna do for the rest of these movies personally so Mm-hmm. That's that's really all I got. I guess we should wrap up by t- saying our scores for Halloween. I think I already kind of said it by it's the fourth best in the franchise for me. It hits exactly where I thought it was going to hit. So my expectations were kind of met, but they weren't exceeded, unfortunately. But it is what it is. Uh, before it got to the start of the third act, I was going to give the movie a five out of ten. Negative fucking Ellie. No, I was, but the, but the third act, I I quite enjoyed. So I'm gonna bump it up to, uh, to at least a six out of ten, at least. What what would you say? Now the negative Ellie's, you're gonna hear my great fucking score. I give it a five out of ten. After you just gave me shit. It's okay, baby. It's okay, but it's a, I'm in the middle of the fucking road. If I'm being generous, I might give it a six out of ten. Out of five stars, it'd be like a three and a half. If I'm feeling generous, uh, fucking uh, no, a two and a half. I meant if I'm feeling generous, a three. Yeah. And- so, yeah. Before the third act stuff, I, I I had it locked in for a five. I'll give it a six. If it didn't have Carpenter's score, dude, I would dedu- I would dock a, a point off of it easily. Mm-hmm. So where does it fall as far as how do you rank the movies? 
I actually uh, just made a list that I did that on. I can pull it up real quick and give you it. Max list blew me away from Mac and Zach. He likes four, the second best. He like I think he had the original, then part four, then like maybe season of the witch or something. I don't know. I don't think he even had season of the witch in in there at all. He wasn't including it. That's right. But anyway, he had part four before it. Um, then. I don't know. It blew me away that he had part. He might have had the new one at number three. He had number two, I think, after that one. Yeah, I'll read you his list. I'm on the website where he posted it. All right. Uh, number one is Halloween. Number two is Halloween 2. He, he must have fucking changed that after you brought it up. Oh, no, yeah. Number three is Halloween 4. So, yeah, he had Halloween 4 above uh, 2. He just swapped those two. And then the fourth one is ho- the new Halloween. Five is five, six is H2O, then uh, Rob Zombie, then uh, part six, then Resurrection, then part two. Have you noticed that uh, the Rob Zombie movies have been getting a lot of love in the wake of this movie coming out, this new one? There's a lot of people that think, there's a, there's quite a few people that think the Rob Zombie uh, remake was better. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, no, I would, I'd say I'd like this one a little bit better, maybe. I, I do too, but I, I still respect that, um, you know, when you ask someone like Rob Zombie, who has an established directing style, to direct and put his stamp on a Halloween remake, what do you expect you're going to get? He pretty much made Halloween through a Rob Zombie filter. It's kind of like, uh, like we mentioned before, it's like the Tim Burton thing with Batman Returns. It's a set, people shit on that movie, but why? What do you, what do you think mm-hmm. a Batman movie directed by Tim Burton is going to be? I would hope, I would hope it would have his flavor on it. You know what I mean? Like, what is he here's, just gonna direct? Yeah, here's my Halloween ranked. All right. Actually, go ahead and finish that thought, so I don't no. fucking cut you off. No, no, I wasn't cut off. I was just saying I, I respect it. At least you know it is what it is. It stands on its own. It's kind of this alternate universe. It's it's like a comic book, right? There's alternate timeline and universes. I, I the Rob Zombie one is what it is. I'm not gonna fucking shit on it for doing something different. But anyway, continue. I have. Uh, this is going to piss you off because I did the same thing Mac did. Oh, man. Okay, I got the original Halloween one. Part three is two. Part four is three. Part Then part two. Then the... Uh, so I put part four above part two. Uh, I don't know why. I uh, some reason I watch part four more than I watch part two. Oh, it just kills me, though. But part two is a better movie. It's so over the top. And then after part two, I put uh, the new one, Halloween. And then I put Rob Zombies, then six, then H2O, then five, then Rob Zombie two, and then Resurrection at the last. That's that's an interesting one. I, I wonder which one I would like better, part five or, or, or Zombie two. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I, I'd have to go back and watch Zombie 2. I might have reversed those two. I, I might put Rob Zombie 2 ahead of Halloween 5. I don't know. We got to do a commentary for a Zombie 2. Yeah, we do. Uh, I know you guys did it on Mac and Zach. We don't mean Lucio Fulci Zombie 2. We mean uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Yeah. I haven't seen it since theaters, but man, I just... I didn't like it, but I just have a hard time believing that it won't get the it won't get the slight advantage over Halloween 5, which I really don't like. I didn't like it as a Halloween movie, but I think if you put any other killer in that role, in that in his place, and it was that, and it was just kind of this weird uh, slasher exploitation hybrid, uh, I probably would have liked it a lot more. Okay, understandable. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I, to me, the movies are they're for the they're basically in descending order. 
Don't count the Rob Zombies because that might muddle it up a little bit. But if we don't look at Rob Zombies movies, it literally goes one, two, three, four, five, six. No, the only the only exception is I would replace H two O was better than five and six, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the only thing. That's other than that, it would go down the line. So one, two, three, four, probably H two O, five, six, Resurrection. You know, and the zombie movies. I don't want to comment on two because I've only seen it the once and I didn't like it. But Rob Zombie's Halloween would probably fit. It'd probably be after God, dude. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I forgot to put the remake. Remake's number four. The Rob Zombie one, in all honesty, is probably number five behind this new one. You know, mm-hmm. it, it probably is. Uh, you know, maybe if you get me on a good day, I'll put it after the fourth one. But whatever. Uh, anyway, it was a fun chat. We've been building up to that for a long time. I'm excited that it's out. I'm excited to see it again. I guess Josh James has watched it like a million times. Really? You know, I mean, he wa- he watched it in theaters and then he found a good torrent of it, like a, a steady cam <laughs> pirated version. Oh, okay. And he's watched it like five times. And uh, I think Max saw it a few times or a couple of times. I see. I don't know if I'll fucking even when this movie comes out, I will buy it probably day one because I have too. the box set and I want to have them all now. But I don't know if I'll watch it again. But, but like maybe like uh, fucking at least a year after I've seen it the first time. I'll watch it as soon as I get it. Cause I'll buy it day one too. But um, I don't know if I want to see it again until then. I think I want to give it some space and then, yeah. uh, cause we don't have to wait that long. Cause they're going to make all their money in the Halloween season. Then they're going to rush it out to Blu-ray. You know, they're going to do that and video on demand. So this movie came out in mid October, dude, I wouldn't be surprised. If this motherfucker isn't coming to Blu-ray uh first week of december you know if not the second week of december it's gonna be right around the corner so i can go that long without watching it again and for my next viewing experience i'd rather it be in the comfort of my own own home so you know I could, that way i can dim the lights and it can be quiet and maybe they uh maybe they'll put out an extended cut or something too who knows they really dude that would be awesome that would get me excited if they had uh, an extended cut uh, and really just blow it out with special features. I mean, make me interested in it. Um, but yeah, that's all we got. I'm glad it's out. I'm glad. Hopefully you guys are all enjoying it. I'm very, very, very interested in hearing what everybody thinks about the movie. Uh, so let us know in the comments, uh, and we'll definitely address those and, uh, we'll, we'll get back to reading the normal comments and all your guys's requests that we normally do on our next commentary. This is just sort of a one-off. Uh, but I do want to go ahead and once again, pitch that on Halloween night, we are doing our very first live stream here on YouTube uh, with the hopes that uh, we will further promote our new Twitch channel. Follow that at Revival House Network uh, with with the hopes that we're going to do the streaming stuff more often over there. You know, whether it be the game stuff, the retro rampage, but also live commentaries. We want to make these like special events way more often uh, for a lot of you guys. So but anyway, oh. Real quick, too, I I could mention that uh, I need to get a fucking new iPod because uh, my new one broke. But after that, I think I'm going to fucking uh, go all out. I'm going to fucking pay the fucking uh, like $200, $300, whatever the fuck it is for a video game capture card where I can do it to the computer. And then uh, we could uh, stream them that way. And then, you know, we might be able to fucking put our webcams and do it like that for the video uh, games too, baby. Yeah, man, it'd be awesome. We're we're looking for growth right now. We're looking to new try new things. So we're excited about this. And we all want your feedback too on 
what you think we should do and what you guys would like to see because we're we're definitely uh all ears for that stuff. But what did we decide on, Zach? Halloween night? Did we decide was it seven or eight PM Central? Which one made the most sense? Eight? Was it eight central? Yeah, it was fucking ten, I thought, wasn't it? No, no, central because we didn't want it to be too late for East Coast. Um hold on, let me think. Because East Coast is two hours later than than Central, right? It would have been ten for me, is what you said. So it would have been nine, right? Uh, ten for you? I see. I don't even know anymore. Well, it's recorded, so we'll know tomorrow whenever it posts. <laughs> yeah. So go fucking listen to an entire other podcast just to get the time. And as soon as I find out what the time we said on there is, I'll make the fucking YouTube event and make it all official. Yeah, and then of course it's always going to be in the descriptions of this this podcast. We've got it everywhere, man. So, but uh, I want to say. I want to say it's like maybe 9 p.m. Central Time, so it's no later than 11 p.m. Eastern Time. It would be 8 p.m. Mountain Time and 7 p.m. like uh, Pacific Time. I think that's what we settled on, right? Uh-huh. But regardless, fact check us because we'll have it uh, in the description below. And like I said, Zach's going to do the calendar event. And go fucking uh, get in on the, the poll we put up because I put up the fucking poll for which movie we're doing Uh Neither Demon or Neither Living Dead or uh, the original Halloween. Okay, and why don't you tell them the reasons why we have those two and the benefits of each one? Basically, fucking uh, Neither Living Dead is there because it's public domain and we can show it, we can broadcast it, we won't get in any trouble. Uh, so there's nothing to worry about there. And Halloween's there because it just makes sense. Uh, we we did all the other Halloween movies. Well, almost all of them. Technically, we didn't release Part 5 commentary. And, uh, yeah, we don't know if we'll be able to do, like, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 uh, before the week, but yeah, we'll get that one up too. And Halloween, it actually has its 40 year anniversary this year. So if we did it, it would just make sense to do that one. But we can't show that one. Uh, we can't broadcast that one. We think it's streaming on Shutter right now, so that's the only thing you guys would have to have a copy yourself or uh, have a Shutter subscription to be able to watch it. That's the only thing. Uh, but it does make more sense. But even if you guys don't want to watch the movie, we're going to be here shooting the shit, answering your questions. We're going to have the movie on as background, uh, you know, for banter as well. But we'll answer whatever questions you got. Hopefully, we'll have some friends pop in. Uh, I think Riverman will pop into the chat. You know, you guys can fucking online bully him if you want. Yeah, wouldn't that be a nightmare if nobody showed up? Hey, you know, maybe. We, we'd have to sit there in shame and be a bear. We'd have to start acting like people were <laughs> talking in the chat because you can't see it. Yeah, we've never done it before, so we don't really know what to expect. Hopefully, we get some of you guys, uh, but we'll be there. Uh, we'll be there, definitely, and uh, hopefully, you guys come and annoy us and, and spend some time with us. You'll know that we're fucking making it up if we if it gets ridiculous. Like, oh, we're sitting there like, yeah, uh, yeah, we're seeing Adrian. He's comedy. Oh, Adrian just fucking, uh, somebody's talking shit to him, and he just ripped off his dick and started beating him with it. Holy shit. So, you, it'll be fun regardless. And for the uh, listeners that are international, you'll be able to catch it in the uh, post once we do it post record and we upload it. Uh, so that's why we're still going to do the commentary, of course, regardless. Uh, but yeah, we appreciate all you guys. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, hit that dumb notification bell if you're watching and listening on YouTube. Uh, if you are on YouTube, make sure you follow us on podcast services, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Links are below in the YouTube videos. And please go over there and leave us five-star ratings on all of them. Uh, or 
the, the your preference of choice. Leave us feedback. Uh, like I said, please subscribe to the new Twitch channel. That's Revival House Network, and we're on all their social media. Instagram for Zach's dank-ass memes, as he puts it. Facebook, we're on to Twitter. Call us at one six zero two three nine nine seven two eight zero. All this shit's in the description, baby. Yeah, that's the hotline, or you can email us requests or whatever the fuck you want at ask.revhouse at gmail.com. See, we're, we're everywhere, man. We're everywhere. Exactly. That's all we got, man. We'll catch you guys later. Uh, I don't know when this will come out, but I assume... It's a fucking blitz, baby. We're, I'm releasing it as soon as it's fucking made. I'm going to drop it like it's hot. I, you should. This is time sensitive. This is Halloween, man. This is buzzworthy. But I guarantee you, as you're listening to this, I guarantee you that you guys have a sweet-ass Nightmare on Elm Street 1 as voted by you guys. That's what we did live now. So go check that out. It turned out fucking stupendous. So, And I want to say thank you guys for not making me sit through Part 5. Thank you for voting right. Um, anyway, that's all we got. We'll catch you guys uh, and hope you guys will join us along for the rest of October. And we'll see you guys on Halloween night. Adios. Bye-bye, puppets. Awesome.